Hello. Hi, Lee. It's Mark. Hey. Sorry Hi. about that. <laughs> no, that's a guy I realize when it comes in through weird numbers. This is a new app I'm using um, to, well, for a few different reasons, but one of them, hopefully, um, is that we can record the calls when we do it. So. Yeah, no, sure. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, great. So you, so you've caused quite a stir with your post. Hi there, and welcome to Pickleball Problems. I'm your host, Mark Renison, and in this episode of the show, I do an exclusive interview with pro player Lee Waters. Hot off her gold medal victory against Simone Jardim and Corinne Carr, Lee joins me to talk about why she loves hitting third shots hard, what it's like to compete with her 12-year-old daughter, and why her lessons have a pretty distinctive theme. I feel like, I mean, every single lesson, uh, these people are like, please teach me how to drive, you know? And so it's like, okay, yeah. well, I know how to do that. <laughs> Stay tuned. You don't have to be that close to it. I hear that you are a big sister now. Is that true? Yes. What kinds of things do you think that you have to teach your brother how to do? Um, swim and jump off the side because I can jump off the side now. He has to learn how to run and skip. I had to do cartwheels. You have to learn how to cook food make his bed. Hey, do you think you can teach him how to play pickleball? I can. I'm really good at teaching pickleball. Not everyone can be a naturally amazing pickleball coach. That's why we created Pickleball Coaching International, the world's best online resource for pickleball instructors and coaches. And if you use the promo code PROBLEMS at the checkout, you'll save $10. So head over to pickleballcoachinginternational.com. Pickleball Coaching International. We make good pickleball coaches even better. See you later, alligator. Lee Waters, welcome to Pickleball Problems. Thank you. Thank you for having me. First of all, congratulations on... Uh, your results last month in February at the Florida Grand Slam gold medalists. And I do want to talk to you about uh, a few specifics related to tactics from that tournament. But before I do, I want to ask you a more general question. What's it like playing with your daughter? <laughs> I can honestly say that it is the coolest thing ever. Um, to be able to play professional pickleball with your 12-year-old daughter is it's just a it's just amazing um just the poise that she showed on the court and determination and good sportsmanship and um you know as well as the high level of play i just i could not be more proud and i wasn't sure to be honest we we, we always practice together when we go to open play and you know, sometimes we can argue, you know, that was your ball. Why, why did you hit that one? Or, you know, whatever. So I, I wasn't, I was a little bit concerned when we got into a tournament if, if we would argue or if we would be totally supportive. And I found that when we get into tournament play, we're totally supportive of one another. I mean, everything is positive. Somebody asked us, you know, it seems like you guys talk a lot between points. What were you saying? And I said, honestly, everything is just positive. 
you know, if you missed a shot, it's okay. You'll get it next time. Oh, I like where I like your idea there, or come on, we got this and just focus. And, um, it was, so it's just really cool to be able to play with your kid at that level and the whole experience be positive. Well, you know, I know a lot of our listeners won't be that unfamiliar with the idea of going out and playing pickleball with family members and whether it's with kids right. or with grandkids. But one of the unique things about your situation is that because you both play at such a high level, that's something that is rather unique, right? In most cases, people are used to um, often playing sort of down to be able to play with the kids. But in your case, the quality of play is so high that, yeah. the, fact that the fact that she's 12 is sort of irrelevant to this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. You're right. And, and actually, when, when we went back and watched, I don't think the people that were commentating, I don't even know if, the, if her age even came up, which we thought at first we were like, isn't that kind of odd that like, there was no mention of her age? But I think it's because you forget. You know, you're sitting there watching, and her level of play is, was amazing. And her um, composure and uh, attitude on the court is not like you might picture, you know, a 12-year-old. And, I mean, she just turned 12 end of January, so it's not right. like she's almost 13. I mean, the kid just turned 12. So I think, I think with her maturity and level of play, you do totally kind of forget her age. And um, – I'm just, I'm just super proud. I mean, I'm, I'm more proud of her than any accomplishment that I have ever made in pickleball. And um, I'm just, I just feel really blessed, honestly. The way that you interact when you're practicing together versus when you might compete. I think that feeling <laughs> will be familiar with a lot of people just in general when they play with pickleball partners, right? They have some partners <laughs> who get along real, one way when they're practicing, another way when they're competing. Can you say something about how the way that you play with her or the way that you work together as a team might be different or maybe even similar to with some other partner that you had. So back at the, the 2018 Nationals, you played doubles with Catherine Peronto. Um, yeah. So are, are, there any, are there any similarities where you realize, you know, you're partway through the match, and you think, oh, shoot, this is actually my daughter versus <laughs> this is just my regular partner? Or is that sort of always present in your mind? that you know this is a, um, a kid you're responsible well, for so for me like in picking a partner almost the most important factor is how comfortable do I feel with this person on the court you know does this person make me feel nervous do I feel a lot of pressure with this person or am I just totally comfortable that I can play my game that if I make a mistake they're going to be supportive or am I going to look over and they're going to be shaking their heads, you know, or making some kind of comments. And I can say that with both Catherine and Anna Lee, the, the similarity there is that I just feel like I can a hundred percent play my game and I'm not worried about what my partner is thinking or what my partner might say to me. Um, both of them are extremely uh, supportive on the court, you know, um, positive, and that helps me play my best pickleball. I, you know, I don't, you put enough pressure on yourself as a player that to, to feel pressure from your partner is an is a unnecessary added stress, in my opinion. <laughs> so, um, so I would say that, was, that would be the similarity between Annalie and Catherine as far as the partner goes. And, and Catherine and I both said that we felt like that um, was part of our success at Nationals 
was that we both felt just so comfortable with each other and felt like we could play our game and be supportive and really just focus on the task of, of winning the pickleball match, you know? So, so that's definitely the, um, the similarity. Uh, as far as forgetting that she's my daughter, I think I always, I always, you know, this is my daughter. Oh my gosh. Wow. This is so amazing. And I think the difference, maybe between playing with Annalie and let's say Catherine, I just feel like there's some kind of mother daughter intuition when we play that we, we just know what, what the other is going to do. We know what shot they're going to take and win, which, which really helps with anticipation, which in pickleball is huge. I mean, if you can anticipate kind of what your partner is going to do and be ready for the next ball, um, we're really good at like, um, like switching sides and, and covering for the other um, moving together, um, just things that seem to come very natural. And whether that's because we practice together or, like I said, some kind of just mother-daughter intuition. But, um, but I really feel that with her when we play, and I think, I think that helps a lot. You mentioned when you play with her, and same with when you played with Catherine, that it was a relief to not have to worry too much about the other person, right? You could just trust mm -hmm. that what they were going to do was smart and would make sense. And so I'm wondering now, you know, one of the reasons why um, your match uh, in the finals of the Florida Grand Slam stood out, right? You and Anna Lee, of course, beat Corinne Carr and Simone Jardim, uh, which is a great win for you. Congratulations on that. But my, my question is, um, you know, one of the things that will, that will stand out, and this is what got this whole conversation started, right? I posted about how you and Annalie used third shot drive 77% of the time. And for a mm -hmm. lot of people, that would be sort of opposite of what opposite. they hear, of what, what they're told. Oh, it's all about the third shot drop and you should be playing drops. And the best players always play drops. And here you and Annalie are playing drives 77% of the time. So I'm wondering how much of that decision to play the way that you play is based on what you and your partner like and are comfortable with and how much is mm -hmm. it based on what you anticipate your opponents will like or won't like how much of it is it about you and your team and how much of it is of that decision making is about the other team okay so i'm going to be honest here 100 percent honest <laughs> the the driving the ball is just like it's just raw it's when we first started playing pickleball that's what we did. We didn't know any better, right? We were both tennis players. We came out on the court and, you know, the first few months we played, we basically just tried to play tennis on the court. You know, everything, there were no, there was no dropping, there was very little dinking, you know, we're just going out, hitting the ball. So naturally we were just always driving that third ball. Of course, as we um, progressed into the sport and our level started advancing and we started playing, um, higher level people, pros, we, we knew we had to develop a third shot. We had to develop a soft game. We had to develop a dink. And, and so we worked on those things. But look, the drive for me and the drive for Anna Lee is just our strength. You know, it's what we feel comfortable doing. Um, it's, it's really, it's, it's our game. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone who's ever watched us play. It's not like I'm giving away any secrets here. Um, and I, and I think it started, you know, your post started started a great deal of conversation, you know, and, and the question is, is the game changing? Um, 
and and I think the game is evolving, is changing a little bit. Do I think that it's going to become uh, a game where everybody is driving the ball all the time? No. Um, but I think it's like any sport. As a sport evolves, there's more power. I mean, that's that's any sport you look at. As the years go by, um, due to technology, uh, j- just the game in general, uh, you know, the power increases. And I I just think for us, it's 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 just our go-to. It's what we feel comfortable doing. But I don't think it's for everyone. And I would never, ever tell anybody, you know, you should definitely drive the third ball. I think it's what is your strength, you know? If you feel more comfortable dropping that third ball, then by all means, drop that third ball. If you want to drive that third ball, go for it. Um, I think it's you got to play to your strength. That that's That's the way that I feel about it. Um, and I think it'll probably be one of those conversations that will continue on forever in this sport. What do you do with the third ball? But, um, I think you should have, I think you should learn to do both. I think you should be able to drive and you should be able to drop, but then I think you need to play to your strength. And I guess one of those assessments that you make as a team is, is what we're doing working, right? Are we having success with this particular shot or with this particular strategy? When you're making that assessment for yourself, Hey, mm-hmm. um, yes, I'm hitting successful drives, drives. Yes, they're doing what they're supposed to, or no, they're not. What is that criteria that you use to judge whether the drive is a successful one or not? You know, the problem with hitting a bad drop is it is pretty easy to, to put that ball away. If that ball is pretty high, whereas if I, can, if I can hit my drive pretty hard, even if it's a little bit higher, I'm not... I'm having more success personally with hitting a bad drive than I am with hitting a bad drop. Now that's sure. me personally. I, I know that that does not go for everyone. And I saw people's comments completely being the opposite, you know, to your post. Um, but I'm finding if I hit a bad drive, uh, I'm in a better position than if I hit a bad drop. If I hit a high loopy bad drop, I mean, it, it's a lot easier for that person to put that ball away, um, I'm finding for myself personally. Yeah, um, yeah. The drop, the drop and, really and has so, to be hit perfectly, right? If you if you hit exactly. the ball too low or too short, it's over. It's in the net. You lose. Exactly. You got it. And for me, I mean, I like hitting that fifth shot drop. You know, you're closer to the net. Um, you can hit that drop, take a few steps, and you're there. You know, you're right there at the kitchen. Um, and that's what I like because I like once I'm at the kitchen. I want to be aggressive. So if I can hit that fist shot drop and feed it a net in like one step or two steps and be, be offensive right away, you know, that's, that's where I want to be. Um, you know, if I hit that third shot from way behind the baseline, now I got to transition to the net, you know? Um, so for me, I mean, I'm an offensive player. Everybody, you know, you watch me play, you know, I'm an offensive player. So that, that's what it's about for me. How, can I put myself in the best position to be offensive the majority of the time? And for me, that's the drive most of the time on the third shot and then fifth fifth shot drop and then get to the net fast and hope that I can get a volley that I can do something with. In the beginning, we gave you unlimited power and asked just one thing in return. Just one thing. Just keep it in. What were we thinking? Mistakes were made, lives were lost, but this time, 
Just relax. We've got you covered. Selkirk. Power. Control. No compromise. If you're just joining me, my guest today is Lee Waters, professional pickleball player who's hot off a victory with her 12-year-old daughter against Corinne Carr and Simone Jardine. The Waters team stands out for their reliance on the third-shot drive. They used it 77% of the time to defeat Jardine and Carr. I ask her more about what she's trying to accomplish by playing this third-shot drive. Right. So some of the comments, um, you know, in that in that post uh, were to the effect of, well, yeah, they hit a lot of drives, but the other team always got them back, right? They didn't miss outright. Yeah. And I think that that... Right. Um, and I think in some ways that, that misses the point, right? The the goal of the drive, I mean, while it's nice to be able to hit a clean winner or it's nice to be able to hit a ball that doesn't come back, um, mm-hmm. that's not necessarily the goal, right? The goal is to play a shot that uh, at worst is unattackable for your opponents and at best yeah. maybe causes some trouble for them. And if they are able to sort of defend and play a low volley, um, especially if it's a shorter low volley, then you can play that fifth shot drop which is generally an easier ball because you're now sort of up near the kitchen line anyway. Is that right? Correct. Correct. That's it. That you, you nailed it on the head. Um, and, and like I said, maybe that's not, maybe some people just don't feel comfortable doing that. And I don't, and I'm not here to tell them that they should change their game. I just think, I just think there are so many options. Everybody plays pickleball differently. I mean, you go out and watch, 50 people play, play pickleball, everybody's got their own little spin on the game, you know? And, um, and, and this, is just, this is just the way we play and the way that we feel we can be the most offensive and come away with the most points at the end of the day. You know, this is just our style of play. If we're playing somebody and we're driving them and we're getting killed, well, if, yeah, then we're going we're gonna to switch it up. But if we're driving 77%, and, and we're winning, I mean, we're going to keep driving that third ball. This episode is supported by 20 drills and 10 games to play better pickleball. If you're tired of playing at the same level and are serious about improving your skills, this ebook is right up your alley. Full of fun and focused activities you can do with a partner or ball machine, 20 drills and 10 games to play better pickleball is easy to use and best of all, fun to use. Get it today at thirdshotsports.com and use the promo code problems to save 33 percent to me one of the the most impressive things about that match and um i think i don't think he'll mind me um saying this without his permission <laughs> i got a i got a message from kyle yates who yeah, yeah. was there was there at the tournament and i uh, was playing mixed doubles with simone and kyle and i were talking a little bit about this post as well and he was saying you know one of the things that they did fabulously was transition from that powerful third shot into a softer dinking game when necessary right when Corinne right. it was usually Corinne but when Corinne or Simone were able to um, sort of defend against that drive with a good low volley mm-hmm. then it looked for the most part that you and Annalie um, didn't say oh okay well we're one trick ponies you know we hit hard that's all yeah. we do you look like hey okay this is now the appropriate time to play that drop and sort of have this kitchen battle until you get something high that you can pounce on so that to me um i mean that's coming from kyle yates who uh <laughs> you know was really impressed seeing it there in person and then watching this as well that's what i thought i, I thought anyone who wants to sort of attribute the name bangers to um to you two as a team yeah. definitely 
you know, wasn't really watching past the third shot because there was so much yeah. more yeah. nuance to how you well, played. Exactly. And I think it's like you said, we're not hitting, I don't, I don't think we get many, especially at the pro level, free points off of the drive. Like you said, that's not why we're hitting the drive necessarily. We don't think, oh, we're going to hit the winner down the middle or we're going to jam Simone with our drive. I mean, are you kidding? Right, you know, right. she's, the, she's the best player. No, that's not what we think. It's, it's like you said. I mean, it's, it's just how we're setting up the point, right? We're setting up the point with that ball so that we can, you know, drop closer and then transition. And, you know, when we first started playing, yeah, you could have called us bangers for sure. I mean, you know, we were just, we were just hitting every single ball hard. But I think I think we've gotten to the point now where we can play the soft game and, you know, we can hit the drop when we need to and we can dink when we need to, but um, we're offensive players. And so we're, we're going to try to take that offensive shot whenever we think possible. And if that's the drive or if that's a high ball at the kitchen or – if that's a fifth shot that comes back weak, you know, we're going to, we're going to be on the offensive and that's just our style of game. And, and you bring up Kyle, Kyle's been awesome. He has been, we call him our, um, our paddle tech coach. Um, he, he has been just like very supportive of me and Annalie uh, pretty much since the beginning and has helped us a lot with strategy. And, and he even said, and same thing, I don't think he'd mind me saying this. <laughs> He said, you know, there aren't a lot of people that I would say, like, drive the ball when you can. But he said, I'm telling you guys, drive the ball with you can, you mm. know, when you can. That This is your game, and you guys are good at it, and it works for you. So why are you going to change that? Right. And that's, you know, that's kind of the way we play. You know, if we have to change, we will. But it's just our style of play. Um, and like you said, I was so proud of Annalie. Man, she was steady Eddie at that kitchen. Um, thinking away with those girls and and uh, she's really developed a lot a lot of patience I think over the last year and um, yeah she wow she she um, she set me up so well uh, for me to be because I'm I'm a little bit more aggressive player than she is I, I go for a little bit more um, so I'm going to make up probably a few more mistakes than she probably did in that in that match but she really set me up with that. She made you look softer. good. Yeah, exactly. And um, and she kind of knows that, which makes it really easy to play with her. She's like, Mom, I'm going to set you up. You right. know, like if I need to hit that little roller, she's got a great little roller cross court with that forehand. Um, she's really good at, at the forehand dinking cross court. And she's like, Mom, I'm going to set you up, you know. But she, she'll take that shot too when she gets it. So, um so yeah, I don't know. It just came together for us that weekend, and Simone and Corinne are such great competitors and players that you know we just felt honored to be on the court with them and be able to compete with them, and um, it was just an awesome weekend. Well, speaking of competing, for those who are excited to watch you play again, and especially if you're playing with Annalie, uh, are there any major tournaments coming up that people can look forward to seeing you two team up again? Okay, so the U.S. Open, we had already committed to partners. So we are not playing together at the U.S. Open. I'm playing with Catherine again. But Annalie and I are playing together at TOC this year. Mm -hmm. um, and Annalie and I are playing. We, have, we haven't 
decided about nationals quite yet, what we're going to do there. But um, we're playing pretty much everything in between together. We're playing uh, Atlanta Open together, Texas Open together. Be a team that's already strong that we can expect to get stronger and stronger. Hopefully. I mean, the way that I look at it is she wants to play with mom now, but she might not want to play with mom. <laughs> down the road, right? so, you, so this is like my chance. You got to lock chance. her down for my as partner. many years as you can. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. She's going to sit past me and then be like, mom, I'm sorry. I'm not playing with you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lee Waters, I want to thank you very much for being on Pickleball Problems today and telling us all about uh, you and Anna Lee and your approach to the game. I think it's going to be refreshing for the sport as a whole and especially people who are trying to sort of figure out where they fit into this whole thing and, um, and different tactics that they might bring to the game. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. And that's it for today. Thanks to Lee for being so candid about her approach to pickleball. And thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to see the finals that she and Anna Lee played against Jardine McCarr, you can find a link to that match in the show notes or head over to facebook.com slash thirdshotsports. Thanks for listening. See you next time. I mean, I just, you know what? I, I feel like this is like the, the post that we've done that has had like the most sort of shares and responses and people get very excited about it. So, I mean, I, I, did, I, did, I did the post, but um, you guys did the work, right? So, <laughs> I, like, I literally just sat there. I watched it in, in 2x speed, and I literally just sat, sat there counting drops versus drives, right? So, it's, it's nothing fancy on my part, but, um, you know, that's what, that's what we try to I do. I love it's how like, everybody's, like, asking you all these other statistics, like, well, but how many, and you're like, come on, people, you can... <laughs> just go watch it. <laughs>